What's up, Jet fans? This is Brad McLaughlin here, introducing you to the first ever episode of Touchdown Jets. I'm joined here with Daryl Slater, NFL reporter, covers Jets, Giants for the Star Ledger and NewJersey.com. Daryl, what's going on, man? Thank you for joining me. Yeah, not too much. Thank you for having me. Of course, anytime. So, obviously, I'm jacked up for Jet football. I'm sure most of the fans are. Um, I'm sure you've seen a lot of uh, a lot of the preseason already. My big thing, and I'm just going to dive right into it, is how can the Jets solve the cornerback crisis? I mean, it's there's no secret here that the Jets cornerbacks are the biggest weak link on this team. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you, you had, they entered the offseason with, with holes at edge rusher and probably on the offensive line, particularly at center and, and then cornerback. And they did they addressed the center one, you know, pretty late and kind of an unexpected way with Ryan Khalil. We'll see about edge rusher. They did get Quentin Williams, so they might they might be able to get some pressure up the middle, which will will maybe take away from the fact that you know they don't have an elite edge rusher. But cornerback remains a glaring weakness that they have not really addressed either directly or indirectly. So um, and now with Tremaine Johnson uh, injured, we, we're not sure when he'll be back uh and even when he's when he was healthy last year he wasn't very good so you know that can that can torpedo a defense very quickly as the Jets have learned in recent years I mean uh really um ever since you know Darrell Rivas's first year back he was he was pretty good but then after that and then since then the Jets have had a lot of problems establishing consistency at corner and and that can and can and has uh, resulted in some significant uh, struggles for their defense. So um, I think that's a, that's a major uh, issue for this team right now and for Greg Williams' defense is is what do they do at corner? Because um, you know even if even if Tremaine Johnson's healthy, uh, then you're looking at Tremaine Johnson, Daryl Roberts, and Brian Poole, which is a trio that's not really going to scare anybody. Nope. And if Tremaine <laughs> Johnson is not healthy. Then you're looking at who? I mean, you're talking about guys like Kyron Brown uh, and Arthur Mollett. Uh, these guys who we, we just really haven't heard of. I mean, maybe Absolutely. all friends are good players, but these are low-profile guys. So we'll see, but it doesn't look good right now. So is there any – I mean, my whole thing is Joe Douglas has to be scouring the waiver wire looking for some kind of trade. Is there any, like, trade candidates from maybe the Eagles, the Ravens, the, uh, the Colts, a couple of his ties – I mean, they can't go into the season in my eyes with, you know, the corners that they have now. Otherwise, it's disaster, especially for a Greg Williams heavy blitz system. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I don't know if Greg Williams will be able to do that quite as much as he, as he has in the past. And he's been pretty flexible with his defense in terms of how he does things. They might have to help out their corners and coverage more than, than Greg Williams has. I think he's not necessarily married to blitzing a ton, as, you know, whatever it takes to produce results, obviously. But I think that they, if they feel good about the Tremaine Johnson situation, they don't necessarily have to go out and, and get somebody in terms of his injury situation. Obviously, they, they insist they feel good about how he's going to play. We'll see. Uh, it, you know how he's going to play when he's healthy. Uh, so it, they don't necessarily have to go get anybody um, in terms of a high-profile trade if if they feel good about his injury situation. So they they maybe they feel okay about those three starters. The bottom line is, even if they have those three starters, the depth is a concern. So in that situation, you're, you're looking at the waiver wire around Cut Weekend on Labor Day weekend and trying to figure out, you know, is there someone. Who gets cut loose? I don't. I don't yeah, you're not going to trade for a backup cornerback. It's not really worth giving up something for that. Uh, if Tremaine Johnson's injury was such, or will winds up being such that you know he's out a while, then yeah, I think they're going to have to look at maybe having to give up an asset to get something. So um, 
But as it stands right now, I would expect him to be active in terms of looking at and picking over the waiver wire uh, once once the cuts happen at the end of this month. Because really between now and then, you're, you're not going to see a lot of guys, um, you know, become free agents because, you know, they'll still just be in camps with teams. I mean, there's a lot of really bad players in camps with teams right now. So uh, the threshold for what it takes to get cut right now is pretty is pretty high or pretty low, however you want to say it. But so... Yeah, so that that's sort of where they stand right now. I would expect, um, you know, probably nothing uh, from the Jets in terms of picking up a guy, uh, you know, a significant guy until later this month. If there's a veteran who gets cut, who's a notable cut, uh, that you know, that could be a waiver wire situation. And you got to remember, the Jets have the six or uh, have the uh, have the um, third, right? Third pick. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for correcting me there. They have the they they have the third pick in the. Uh, in the waiver wire order, uh, because it still goes by the NFL draft uh, order. I was thinking six from from last year, but uh, but yeah, so that's that's where they're at. So they, they have a pretty preferred spot in the waiver wire order. Yeah, and a guy that I keep hearing a lot of Jeff fans think that the Jets are going to go after is the corner from the Eagles. What's his name? LeBlanc or LeBlanc? LeBlanc covers LeBlanc. He's a corner. He's their slot corner because apparently the Eagles have a surplus of corners. Joe Douglas's ties. That's who everyone's hot on right now in the social media world for the Jets. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting one. His, his name is Cravon. Uh, yeah, and that's so it. It's a, kind of an interesting name, but uh, and I guess that's how it's pronounced. But yeah, he is he is a guy who's down the depth chart a little bit there, and I'm sure the Eagles, knowing how desperate the Jets are, uh, you know, Howie Roseman's not going to cut his old buddy Joe Douglas any favors here. Uh, so um, it would take something for for the Jets to get him. Um, you know, we'll see, but I think a lot depends on, you know, they say this, this Tremaine Johnson injury, and I keep going back to it is, is week to week, uh, which a lot of different things in in the NFL and, and you hear teams say week to week, you know, a lot, uh, is he going to be ready for week one? I, you know, that's a major question mark at this point. Um, but if he's back for week two, you know, you're not giving up a, you know, a fifth round pick or something like that for a cornerback just to play one week. But like I said, true. Look, there, there is a depth issue here. Um, and so I think this is something the Jets should and will look long and hard at. I agree with you. I guess the next big situation that kind of came out of nowhere, but I'm kind of happy about it, is uh, Canizero retiring. And now, what is it, Berlot or Berlot? Yeah. Now is our kicker. With no NFL experience. I mean, do you see the Jets bringing in another kicker again when there's cuts? Or are we going to roll with this guy for the season with, you know, no NFL experience? I I mean, it kind of makes me a little nervous here. And again, a thing that I keep going back to is I have no idea why the Jets didn't bring back Jason Myers, but that's in the past. I mean, it should make you nervous. (laughs) Yeah. Taylor Bertolette was with the Jets last summer. Uh, He was undrafted in 2016, but he's never kicked in an NFL regular season game. So he's kicked around. He's been around the league since 2016. Rams, Broncos, uh, Jets last year, and really pushed Jason Myers for that uh, kicking uh, job last year. And if you remember, like a lot of people, it seems like so long ago because Jason Myers did have a really good year. A lot of people thought that Bertolette, um, and maybe he would have if he he hadn't missed an extra point in the preseason, that Bertolette should have been the kicker. Um, going into last year, because it's not like Jason Myers came in with a lot of fanfare. That's um, true. And but he, he had a great year. But you know you have to wonder is he you know is he a one year wonder type guy? You know that's that's the the thing. And I, the Jets felt like you know what the Seahawks were offering was too much money, and you can understand that. But there there there's there's a, a 
a solution could be found between paying Jason Myers a ton of money and doing what the Jets did. And they brought back a guy in Chandler Catanzaro, who, yes, had been with them, but had struggled last year. Um, and it's not like he was getting old to the point of retirement. His retirement, in terms of the age, was something of a surprise. So, uh, But he had been inconsistent last year. So the Jets went you know, particularly cheap at kicker when there's probably a, a, a another run they could have gone up between what they did with Catanzaro and and, and Myers leaving. So they didn't need to break the bank on Jason Myers, but you know, maybe they could have invested a little bit more in this position uh, because, or, or brought in a guy to compete with Jason or to compete with Chandler Catanzaro. Um, right. Maybe, maybe you're not getting, maybe you're not really going to get anybody besides like a brutal level player to come in and be willing to compete with a guy uh, in camp like that uh, because you're not paying that guy a ton of money in that case. And then, you know, a really good kicker is not going to want to come in and be potentially, you know, the, the odd man out. So ultimately they could have wound up with the same exact situation. They could have had Bertolette competing with Catanzaro anyway, and now they have Bertolette in there as the, you know, the replacement. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you brought it up at the beginning of the question. I think it definitely, this is definitely a situation where, you know, you see it. Um, and I want to say, uh, you know, uh, let me check that. I think that they did, uh, pick up Jason Myers late last year. Um, it was it was after he was cut. That's right, now that I think about it. It was right after he was released uh, by Seattle. He lost that competition to Sebastian Janikowski. Um, and that was, uh, yeah, now August 21st. I'm looking at it right now, August 21st. And he got claimed off waivers because you remember the Jets last year kind of went through something a little bit similar where they had Bernie Santos as their kicker and he had he couldn't stay healthy and he couldn't perform. And so uh, they cut him loose and they picked up Jason Myers in the third week of August when he lost the kicking competition in Seattle. So I would not be surprised if you see basically the same exact thing happen uh, now. Um, that the Jets pick up someone late in the preseason, kind of launch a little bit of a late competition with Bertolette and this and whoever the new guy is. Uh, I, I just don't see any way you can you can roll into the regular season no. with only Taylor Bertolette and having not had anyone to push him. Like, I, mean, I agree. At some point, they have to bring in somebody to push this guy because it's such a low, it's such a low level investment anyway. Exactly. It's not like you're losing a lot in terms of spending money on bringing in a kicker to compete with a guy who's never kicked in a regular season game. So I think that's something the Jets have to address sooner rather than later. I don't think that they can you know, wait until the, the final cuts happen to do this because, yeah, kicking competitions are going to start being resolved around the league. And guys are going to are going to shake loose uh, like Myers did last year, and it turned out great for the Jets. And who knows, maybe it will again. But they're they're sort of riding the razor's edge here with this kicking thing uh, yet again. I know, and it's again that's something that makes me extremely nervous. I can't see the Jets going into the season with a kicker with no one at Bell Experience. When I know, and every Jeff fan knows that it's gonna he's going to push an extra point wide, miss a field goal that we need to win, and this isn't some kind of rebuilding year. The Jets are expected to win at least be in contention for a wild card. So I don't want to hear it. They better, they better find some cook kicker at least to push this guy, you know? Yeah. I think, I think what you just said there in the bigger picture is, is very much real. I, you know, I've kind of argued, not argued, but kind of debated with people a little bit about this. This Aussie, are the Jets in win now mode? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, the pressure is, I know Adam Gase is in his first year, a first year GM, but you know, it's not like their winter championship window is closing like the Saints in that kind of win now mode. But this is a team that needs to produce results. I mean, they made win now moves this offseason. Yes, everyone said, "Oh, there's you know, there's a cap floor that they have to spend to or whatever." I get it, 
But look, they, they gave an insane amount of money to C.J. Mosley. They overpaid for him, let's be honest. Of and then course. that's fine. You have to do that in free agency sometimes. They gave a lot of money to Le'Veon Bell uh, when not, not a lot of or any other teams are willing to do that. So they And they have a quarterback going into year two, and they brought in a, a head coach who's supposed to work with and develop that quarterback. You've seen a lot of other young quarterbacks take a big leap in year two. Can Darnold do the same? I think that's the expectation, fair or not. Um especially given how he finished last year. And you had the head coach who pushed the GM out and to have his own guy. So the pressure is ratcheted up on Adam Gase to produce results, you know, really immediately with all of those things combined. So yes, the Jets are not, you know, win now team in terms of like the Patriots are with, they have a ancient quarterback who's, you know, playing out the end of his career and trying to win a championship. Um, but they are a team that needs to produce results in terms of at least like contending for a wild card spot. Absolutely. You know, being, being irrelevant again no. in the middle of November. If they're an irrelevant team at Thanksgiving, the year is a complete failure. I agree. And to me, I look at it like this. This is year one of their window because it's Sam Donald's second year. You know, usually the quarterback takes a big leap. You know, you're playing him pretty cheap. This is year one. By year four of Sam Donald's rookie contract, I want to be able to compete for a Super Bowl. So I'm giving the Jets, this is year one. That's fine. But you're right. We brought in Cahill, uh, Cahill or whatever. The center, I mean, that's a win-now move, which I love. You know, Alex Lewis, another win-now move. You're, you know, again, it's... I'm happy that we're finally recognizing that, look, when you have this quarterback on a young deal that you believe in, you got to go for it. And I expect the Jets – I'm not asking for the moon here. I'm expecting the Jets to go into the last week of the season relevant, meaning they got to win to get in. I'm expecting a wild card berth. And I think – to be honest with you, I think they're going to have a good year. There's a talent on this team, and I believe in the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're going to get what you want there, but I don't think what you're asking for is unreasonable, if that makes sense. I, um, yeah. I think what, you, what, you, what you're hoping for there, I think, is very much reasonable. I think, um, yeah, this team should be relevant until the very end, whether it's the last week of the season or the last couple weeks. They should be, I mean, you're only talking about a 16-game season, so, um, you know, to be mathematically eliminated with a lot of games left means you had a terrible season. So, you know, I think, they should be in the mix until late in the season. I think everything you said is spot on in terms of, um, you know, this being a start of their window with a young quarterback. The Khalil move was interesting. Obviously, he's not their center of the future. Um, but uh, he is a, I think that, he, that could be a really important move for Sam Darnold. I agree. And, and that's because even, even if this guy is one and done, um, let's presume he's healthy enough to be, a, you know, a better center than what they had, which is not a high bar. Um he can teach Sam Darnold a lot. I think he, he has a, he has the potential to really teach Sam Darnold a lot about recognizing protection, a lot about commanding the line, a lot about all that stuff. And, and Josh McCown mentioned this last year, you know, talking to him uh, in the locker room, and he was saying that uh, having an intelligent cerebral center um, like well, he didn't even mention Khalil, but like, in, obviously, he would qualify for that description. Uh, having an intelligence cerebral center really, really helps a young quarterback. I mean, it seems obvious, but you know, this is coming from a guy who's been around the league saying this. Um, and then when you don't have that, that's a major issue. That's a that's a problem for a young quarterback. And and the Jets obviously were lacking at center last year with Spencer Long, lacking with Wesley Johnson the year before. They have not had consistency since Nick Mangle. No, I mean, and Khalil is not going to play three, four, maybe even two more years. Maybe he's just one and done. Um, 
But I think I think his presence could be a springboard for Sam Darnold in terms of teaching him some of the things he needs uh, in terms of recognition and stuff. So, um, yes, it, 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 the Khalil thing is a win-now move, but I think in some ways, even though it's, it's a one-year deal, it's also an investment in the future, if that makes sense, in terms of laying the groundwork with your young quarterback. Um but you also, I mean, you also want to protect the guy in the short term, and that's what they did, what they wanted to do. They, they couldn't put Jonathan Harrison there. No, and, God and, no. And feel good about protecting, you know, a guy who they who they sunk, uh, you know, multiple draft picks in, and Sam Darnold, you know, because of the draft, the draft trade. So uh, I agree, and I like how it also pour, it kind of puts Jonathan Harrison more now as depth a depth piece, which is great for the offensive line. And to me, it's Joe Douglas recognizing he's a former offensive lineman, recognizing the importance of building the wall in front of the young quarterback. The Eagles had a great line, the Ravens. I mean, to me, we haven't had a GM address the offensive line, it feels like, in forever. So I like what Joe Douglas does. He's very proactive. So far, so good, especially on the offensive line. But – now my next question for you. So what do you – going into, I guess, preseason week two, I, I call it non-alcoholic beer because, honestly, after the first quarter, it's brutal. It's brutal to watch, right? Who who needs to have the, a big showing tonight? Who needs to finally step up? Yeah, I think you're looking at, at guys who are, are pushed – who could be pushed out of – their respective positions by a numbers game. And in particular, we'll, we'll start a quarterback. I think Perry Nickerson is a guy who needs to. Oh, he's uh, terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was a six round pick last year uh, by the former GM. And so anyone who was drafted by the former GM, which is everybody basically who was drafted by this, right. team, um, is not safe. And so Nickerson uh, could find himself on the chopping block here. Um, if the Jets decide to have somebody else be the backup corner behind behind Brian Poole. So that's, you know, there's one guy, but then, then the obvious guys would, would be at running back because um, the Jets have a log jam there. Obviously Bell is going to be the guy. They're not going to probably have a super high profile number two running back. And their number two running back is going to be Tom Montgomery, who is kind of, you know, he's a fine player, obviously. Uh, and, and, but he sort of cemented his status as the number two running back throughout camp so what do they do with the third running back spot um you know they have some options there in eli mcguire Bilal powell trenton cannon you know powell or uh, cannon rather is going to need to demonstrate some special teams value here if he wants to stick um he fumbles too much that's an issue and that's why he didn't win the win the return jobs last year is because of his false security issues so i think he could be another guy you know seventh round pick or was it saying six one of three six round picks last year he could be gone uh so eli mcguire and Bilal Powell. yes they could cut Bilal Powell. they definitely could cut Bilal Powell after bringing him back because um let's be honest he's not the number one a or number two guy anymore you know that job belongs to uh ty montgomery and so if they're keeping three backs, you're probably looking at a situation where it's Eli McGuire versus uh, versus Bilal Powell for that last spot. So both of those guys will get a chance to play a lot tonight, and they're going to play a lot in the, uh, as you said, the non-alcoholic portion of the of the evening, where you know, uh, not you know, not much "quote unquote" interesting is going on. But for those guys, and for folks like you know yourself who who are like really into the Jets. Um, and, you, and if you're interested in, in like uh, you know battles for the number three running back spot, um, that, that's worth watching. Um, 
because you're not just talking about two slappies there as the, you know, the number three running back. You're talking about a guy in Powell who is one of their longest tenure players. Right. And, well, I guess his tenure was interrupted, you know, by not being around, but I guess technically he, he really wasn't in terms of seasons. But anyway, so a guy who's been around for a long, long time. And then Eli McGuire, a pretty notable former draft pick. So uh, that, if you're a Jet fan and you're into that part of the roster and just not, you know, into the obvious stuff, which whatever, either way is fine. Uh, then I think, you know, it's worth watching the later portions of the game. So um, that's that's for sure one thing to keep an eye on. And, it's, you know, it's easy to see, you know, is the running back playing well or is it? Right. You know, you're not looking at, you know, whether the, you know, the backup slot cornerback passes off coverage to a safety. It's not, not like you have to know a ton about football to uh, to see. So um, McGuire versus Powell, I think it'll be interesting to see. And then I guess the big one, and for some reason, every <laughs> – Every training camp, you know, we got that undrafted, you know, hype guy, whether it's Clowney a couple years ago. Now everyone's hot on Greg Dortch, um, the punt returner. He had, a, he did have a touchdown. I saw him make a nice punt return last week. What do you think? Do you think he's going to stick as the punt returner or make the team? I think he very well could. I, this is a situation where you can kind of gauge how the team feels about undrafted rookies by the, the amount of guaranteed money they get, which, which – Obviously, they sign a contract after the draft, after not getting drafted, and um, the amount of guaranteed money in that contract contains, you know, it's the signing bonus is guaranteed, and then a portion of the, sometimes the, the, the guy's salary is guaranteed, you know, in the first year. So, Greg Dorch got the highest guaranteed figure. I don't know exactly what it was. I think maybe fifty, you know, $75,000 total. So, yes, he's still cuttable, just like all these guys, but he got the highest guaranteed figure of all of the undrafted rookies this year and i believe the guy who had that designation a few years ago was robbie anderson so right. what that t- what that tells you is a lot of teams wanted the player which means he's a good player even though most of us have never heard of him and the jets valued him in order to in order to pay pay up to that level so uh now again he was valued by the front office that is no longer here in terms of the gm at least but um but the head coach has you know has some say there so and, and and the you know and the special teams coordinator. So the the value that the, that a, and then plus he's a good player. I mean that just tells you that he had, was in demand. I mean he is objectively probably a better player comparable to the other guys in, in the in the undrafted rookie class if you can kind of compare position to position. So yes, and there's a need there at the return spot, a glaring need after Andre the Jets let Andre Roberts go. Another kind of questionable uh, move. And we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it pans out. I mean, Andre Roberts is pretty old, but we'll see how it pans out for this team. But um, that's where the Jets stand right now with with that. I think Dorch could very well make the team. He'd be a cheap returner for them. I think um, they could do a lot worse than him. Uh, you know, ultimately, it's it's a punt return job. The kickoff return is essentially irrelevant. You're looking for a guy who is back there and just doesn't screw it up. Catches the, the ball. That's all I want. Yeah, and uh, yeah, on the punt return, you know, you don't need, if, you, if you're putting an undrafted rookie out there, what well, you're looking for in week one, week two, week three, you don't need him to be, you know, the next, you know, Mel Gray, if I could go back. to <laughs> Devin Hester, yeah, we don't yeah, need. Yeah, there you go. The, the dynamic player, you, you need a guy who can hang out of the ball. I mean, you, exactly. You, you follow the Jets closely enough to remember uh, Jalen Saunders, who was a total disaster. Oh, my God. The 2014 Idzik pick, round four, uh, oh. or was it round three? I forget. One of those. Yeah, it was him and Shaq Evans. Oh. God, so, brutal. Yeah, but he couldn't He couldn't hold on to the ball, and he was a head case. And so um, there you go. You're looking for stability. You're looking for ball security. 
and then let the rest come later. And then if Dorch can give him those things, I think he's got a great shot at making the roster. I like it. Yeah, I think I think he's you know I think he's going to stick. The numbers say he's going to stick exactly, and they have a need. So as long as he produces, I don't see why they'll get rid of him. Last one for me, Quinn and Williams. Uh, I saw, you know, last week, a little quiet for him. I'm looking for a big jump this week. You know, he drew a penalty last week, you know, assisted on a tackle. I'm really looking for him to make a big impact this season. What do you think? Do you think he's going to have that big impact and draw a couple double teams away from Leonard Williams and free up some of these defensive linemen, linebackers? Well, I mean, in terms of this week and wanting them to have an impact, the sort of pl- probably play a quarter. Right. So whether he does or doesn't have an impact – I wouldn't. I wouldn't panic too much about any of that. He's played well in the in the preseason and in training camp. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. You know, ideally, he'd like to see him make a few more plays uh, than he did last week. He was he was quiet and very limited action. He won't be as limited in terms of the action this week. Uh, but yeah, I don't think it's going to dictate one way or the other whether he has a good season. In terms of the bigger picture, in terms of his season, uh, yeah, the Jets are looking for him to draw some double teams away from Leonard Williams, which you know, has been an issue. And, and maybe Leonard Williams can cash in some more of these sack opportunities because I think the ratio is like 85 to 17 for Leonard Williams in terms of his career quarterback hits to sacks. And so he's getting to the quarterback, he's just not finishing sacks, which is fine. And you and you can you can affect the quarterback if you're hitting him and and and, and not sacking him, um, but I'm sure Leonard Williams in a contract year would love to convert some more of those quarterback hits to sacks, and I think Quinnen Williams, the presence of Quinnen Williams there um, could help that in terms of freeing him up from double teams. And, and additionally, I think the Jets look at Quinnen Williams and they say, here's a guy combined with Leonard Williams who could cover up for the fact that, they, you know, that we don't have, that they don't have uh, elite uh, edge rushers. And they don't, you know, Jordan Jenkins, Brandon Copeland, Ja'Kai Blight, you know, not scaring anybody. So um, they're all fine enough players, but, uh, you know, I don't think you're talking about, you know, no one, no one in that trio is necessarily elite. So um, the Jets look at it, look at it and say, and they come out and they literally have said this, you know, you can get pressure multiple ways. You can get pressure up the middle and guys like Tom Brady, and this is true. To, you know, typically don't like pressure in their face up the middle. You think about how the Giants uh, were able to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, uh, you know, many moons ago now. It, it is get in, get in their face, get in, or get in Brady's face up the middle. So pressure up the middle is a big thing uh, that they'll be looking for from Quinn and Williams, Leonard Williams. Uh, and maybe that frees up the edge rushers for some opportunities. But uh, I think that that's how, you know, that, Multiple ways to skin a cat to use a tired cliche. I think that's how they're they're looking at trying to establish some kind of pressure. But no matter how they do it, no matter how they skin this thing, uh, they have to they have to get more pressure. I agree. I mean, ranking and I think they were twenty last three years. They were like 24, 24 and twenty six or, or something like that in sack percentage in the league, which is like basically a way of like you know. Uh, you know, he takes the raw sacks for you know pass attempts against, so it's it evens it out. So they were, you know, sack efficiency essentially is what the stat is. So they were they were low in around the twenty five area in sack percentage the past three years, which is bad, really bad. So uh, you're not going to win a lot of games like that um, unless you're doing a lot of other things really well, and the Jets certainly haven't. So that's sort of where they stand with that. They got to get a lot more pressure on the quarterback, and everybody knows it. And they they feel like even though they don't have an elite edge, edge rusher, uh, that they can do it up the middle. Absolutely, Daryl. Thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate it, man. You guys can fo- follow at Daryl Slater on Twitter. He does a tremendous job. 
for the Star Ledger, NewJersey.com. I'm going to definitely have him back on. Thank you so much for hopping on with me. Appreciate it, bro. Sure, no problem. Thank you. Well, you guys heard Dallas Slater. Uh, he does a tremendous job. I really, really like having him on. He always gives great insight, not just on the Jets, but the whole NFL. And I, again, I kind of agree with everything he said. And I think, I think we're going to be a good team. I don't know how good, but I think we're going to be a good team. I'm going into this season positive, and I'm pumped up. So we'll see. Tune in next week and every week. For an episode of Touchdown Jets, I'm going to be bringing to you guys live a different guest every week of the season. My goal is to bring you guys the top guests to bring us the most insights on the Jets. So tune in next week. Thanks.